Winnaker Weekly is a three-episode-in anime discussion podcast where two brothers discuss a show of their choice. The show can be anything from a current season flop to a decades-old classic. What are they going to talk about next? Who knows? They sure don't. Fantastic. So, we've got some uh, headlines today that uh, we want to share with you. How about you go ahead and start? Okay. Um, well, this week, PlayStation has announced that they are re-releasing or relaunching their Greatest Hits library. And uh, a lot of uh, console generations will see this where, you know, several years into a console life cycle, uh, some older games will be re-released um, for uh, $20.00. Uh, they've got quite a list here. I unfortunately pretty much own all the games that I would have picked up already um, mm-hmm. at this price. Um, but they've got uh, Bloodborne, which is one of my personal favorite games. I've talked about it before on the show. Yeah. Uh, they've got Doom 2016, Uncharted 4, uh, Ratchet and Clank, which is a fantastic re- or remake of the original. Infamous uh, Second Son, which is another amazing game. It's a list of just really, really great games. Metal Gear Solid Five, mm. um, great games. Uh, um, those of you uh, who own Playstations out there, um, go ahead and check it out and take a look at these games and see if there's any that you want to pick up. All right. So, All right, that brings us up to our uh, our next headline. Mm-hmm. Uh, Adult Swim's Toonami Block to air. Pop Team Epic, starting June 30th. Oh, boy. I so, can't imagine what that would be like in English. That is... That would be interesting. Uh, but apparently it's going to start airing right after uh, Fully Cooly Progressive. Okay. So they're planning on a, a midnight showing whenever... Or midnight in whatever time zone. That's that the is. perfect time. You're just the right amount of exhausted to find the hilarity of that show. Really, really easy. It's, it's a special time of night. I like to call the sleep deprivation comedy hour, mm-hmm. where everything is extra silly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, our next item. Um, My Hero Academia, the movie, has just dropped a new trailer. Mm-hmm. Apparently they're making a, uh, a feature-length uh, film. My Hero Academia, the movie, The Two Heroes. And uh, they just released uh, the trailers for it. So we're going to go ahead and link that in the description and uh, let our fans watch that if they want. Okay. That's that's awesome. Okay. Um, I haven't, haven't watched it yet, but I am up to date on the show. And holy cow, this episode was so good. Well, this episode, you, did you see it? I did see it. Oh my gosh. All Might just standing there with his fist pumped to the air and just like, tears running down my face because you know as a watcher know that no one else knows Deku learns but no one else knows that this is his last fight as All Might. It's true. Um, and you're just like, oh, All Might. He gave, uh, he gave his all to defeat. Um, uh, all, uh, one, all for one. All for one. With the United States of Smash. Ah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh. Uh, and our last item is a bit of sobering news. Um, anime and game industry staff check in after Osaka earthquake. Mm. Apparently an earthquake measuring 6.1 on the Richter scale uh, shook Osaka on Monday. 
causing damage throughout the area, uh, killing at least four, injuring scores more. Um, animator Takuji Yoshimoto updated his status on Monday uh, with pictures of the upheaval inside his workplace. Um, I had to look up who this individual was, and I'm kind of embarrassed that I didn't know this already. But uh, this guy has been doing animation for a long time. He's got uh, an extensive um, resume, including uh, key animation on episode 25 of Cowboy Bebop, mm-hmm. uh, key animation in all of the original Full Metal Alchemist and the movie Conqueror of Shambhala, mm-hmm. um, key animation in Ghost in the Shell Standalone Complex, Second mm-hmm. Gig, and Solid States, all three of those. Mm-hmm. Um, just... He's got uh, initial D, fourth stage. Uh, mm-hmm. Great teacher Onizuka. Yeah, he's he's done a lot. And yeah, we, we haven't even and all of his, mm-hmm. his, his credits I'm listening here are all in alphabetical order, and we haven't even gotten past G yeah. yet. One really really big name that donated to the earthquake relief is actually uh, Eiichiro Oda. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the creator of One Piece. Okay. He donated eight hundred million yen of his own personal money. Eight million dollars. Eight million eight million US dollars uh, is what he donated. And get how the prefecture government is thanking him. They're thanking him by uh, when they can. They're going to be placing bronze statues of One Piece characters throughout the prefecture. (laughs) So that's fantastic. And and they're going to have um, a Luffy statue near their actual prefectural offices. So. Well, very good. Then. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that, that that's kind of a fun thing that's come out of this this tragedy. But I mean, it's really really great to see the anime community community in Japan really stri- reach together and help out um, Osaka after this horrible earthquake. Yeah, it's a it's a heartbreaking uh, thing that uh, tragedy has to happen before these wonderful uh, mm-hmm. these but, wonderful um, gestures of outreach mm-hmm. transpire. That said, you know. Um, this is kind of a bit of a tangent. One thing that I've always, always appreciated is how well humanity seems to come together after a point of tragedy, you know? Like, a lot of people thought, uh, like, lose their hope in humanity because of all the horrible things that happen. But when tragedy strikes, you just see the good in people. Like, do you remember the uh, Boston Marathon bomber? Yes. Um, people who had just run 26 and a half or 26 miles yes they just run 26, 26 miles 22. yeah 26.2 thank you um 26.2 miles they were running towards the blast zone to try to help these are people who just ran a marathon and then they're going to uh do more so it's incredible to see the goodness in people when um when tragedy strikes it's so true um, but anyways, um, now that we've kind of uh, gone with that somber message, let's get into talking about a comedy anime, lighten yes. the mood a little bit. Yes, we are definitely lightening things up at this point. Uh, we are talking about this week, or we're going to go ahead and jump into three episodes in, and this week we are talking about the daily lives of high school boys. It is a slice of life, um, or Nichicho, mm-hmm. um, genre anime, mm-hmm. um, and let me go ahead and just read the synopsis from Crunchyroll real fast. Join Tadakuni, Hidenori, and Yoshitaka as or Take as they undergo the trials and tribulations of life in high school. 
Each episode presents the boys and their classmates in unique situations that you may or may not have faced in your high school yourself. You'll laugh, you'll cry, but hopefully laugh more. You'll be astounded by the zany antics of the Sonata High School community. Okay, and let's get right into it. Let's talk about these first three episodes. Alright, so I have to admit, within the first five minutes, I was wondering what you got me into. Because this show You are just, welcome. This show was pulling a level of silliness I was not prepared for and generally usually makes me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So if you like if you're the kind of person who doesn't really appreciate awkward comedy, mm-hmm. this show might not be for you. Mm-hmm. But so I'm just gonna give you that warning first off. But some people just adore that level of comedy and <laughs> I'm going to disagree with you right there. I don't know this is so much awkward comedy. Um, mostly because I feel that The Office uh, and Parks and Rec, at least for the first couple uh, seasons, they really, really thrive on that awkward humor. Mm. And that's why I can never get into those shows, because because it was 100% awkward humor, looking to the camera, gazes, and things like that. And I was just like, this is just repetitive and boring. Whereas, or maybe it is like that in... in um, in the daily life of high school boys, but um, they uh, each episode is like four mini episodes. It's true. So they, they, they it's, it, it changes. It's micro adventures. Yeah. So that may be what makes it feel different to me. Um, but um, whereas you know you'll have plot A and then subplot um, B or whatever in an episode, and it's all just awkward humor, and it's like. I can only handle so much awkward yeah, humor. They'll, they'll, uh, so, yeah, it just feels like it drags on a lot. Yeah, this one, fortunately, it does uh, it does jump topics quickly enough. It's like mm-hmm. short, span, short attention span awkward humor. Like Sometimes the punchline will be how awkward it is. Sometimes the punchline will be something different. Yeah. And so, and mm-hmm. so we're getting different flavors mm-hmm. of, of comedy throughout. Yep. Yep, and the first episode opens up with uh, with one of our three main main boys. Yes. Um, let me pull up my list of names here. Tadakuni. Tadakuni. Uh, he's, he's got short black hair. Yes. And Tadakuni is running uh, to school late, you know, typical anime trope. Um, he's got a piece of toast in his mouth. Yes, he does. And um, as he's running to school, his two classmates, his two friends, the other two main boys, um, they approach from behind. They're running up. And uh, they're both eating. Yes, they and are. Yoshitake, and this is th- this right away reminded me of um, reminded me of uh, Magical Girl Ore. Yes, um, because it, uh, it it's already taking kind of those tropes and just messing with them. Um, right. And this is a pretty simple trope to mess with, but um, we we see Yoshitake. He's got blonde, kind of spiky hair. He's running up, but instead of a piece of toast in his mouth, he's eating a plate of hot curry. Yes, he is. And he's eating that on his way to school, and, you know, Tadakuni's just like, what the crap are you doing? He's like, oh, I'm just eating leftovers from last night. And then it cuts to Hide Nori, who is probably my favorite of the three boys. So the brown hair and glasses. He's got brown hair and glasses. And the reason he's probably probably my favorite is because I recognize the voice actor, so I looked it up. It's the same guy who plays Gintoki from Gintama. Okay. <laughs> And he just has a masterful way of delivering these ridiculous monologues. And we get mo- many of them, many of those opportunities in the first three episodes uh, for uh, Hide Nori. I don't know about you, but he seems the most relatable to me. The one who's, Possibly. The one who's trying his hardest to be cooler than he's ever going to be. Um, I gave up on being cool a long time ago. That's just never been my cup of tea, but... 
Yeah, <laughs> but he's running up, eating an even more ridiculous bowl of ramen with chopsticks. <laughs> and he just says, uh, uh, right off the bat, he's just like, um, come on, bro, munching on a slice of toast when running lick is a standard trope. You know? Just immediately, you know, breaking fourth wall and fun stuff like that. And then how about you tell us about what happens right after that? Oh, my goodness. I mean... How does it start? I mean, it just happens so suddenly. So there's, there's a laser there's, blast from outer space. There's a laser blast from outer space, and suddenly there's a giant mecha fighting in the distance. Mm-hmm. Not just any giant mecha. These are actual, like, line per line. The colors are different, but they are the, um, uh, they, I've been forgetting the name of the, of the mecha, but they're the principality of Xeon, or Xenon's, um, green mecha that Uh they have just their standard one that's in the gundam shows right um with like the the green the single eye and they got like the gas thing over the mouth Uh um but they're painted in the colors of the gundam where they're white yellow uh red and blue Mm -hmm. or gold yellow uh gold and blue um yeah so these are these aren't knockoffs these are them with different colors (laughs) okay yeah they're they're reskinned gundam Gundam Mex, mm-hmm. um, and one of the one of the stray blasts goes straight towards the boys. I don't know if it was, I can't remember whether it was a deliberate blast that it was aimed at them. It aimed at them, it aimed at them and shot at them. And so there's there where they're at right now is a uh, a hillside road with a railing, mm-hmm. um, is what you see. And so on this hillside road with a railing, they're. Um, uh, they're shot at, and there's a bunch of debris, and they're running, and they're blasted away, and for whatever reason, something that lands on the ground beside them is this book. It knocks out of one of, the, like one of their bags, and yeah, and he opens up the book, and it says Adventure Log in, in Katakana. Yes. Um, and like, what? Adventure Log? And then it cuts to the three of them dressed up as the three lead characters from Dragon Quest Two. From the NES or the Famicom days. So you've got the main character... Uh, so they jumped genre mm-hmm. in seconds. You've got the main character who's the son or the grandson. I can't remember. But he's related to the main character of the first Dragon Quest. Um, and then you've got his friend who's a fencer. And then you've got the girl sorcerer. And it's all three boys dressed up as those three characters. It's this. And yeah, so it jumps from sci-fi to... Um, to fantasy. To fantasy right away. And... I love that they can do these things because this show is made by Sunrise, the same company that did does the Gundam series. Uh-huh. So that's why they can use the Gundam designs. So they own the copyrights. And it's being and it's being produced by Square Enix, who owns the rights to Dragon Quest. So they can li- and we see many Dragon Quest references, like Dragon Quest. You know how big Final Fantasy is here in the states. Yes. It's Dragon Quest is even bigger in Japan. Okay. Dragon Quest is huge. Whenever a Dragon Quest game comes out, mm-hmm. people will take the day off from work and go line up to get the new Dragon Quest game. Wow. All right, you see people lined up for blocks to get it. It's huge in Japan, so that's why you see so many references for it in so many different shows. And it's always kind of a knockoff uh, where you know it's obviously Dragon Quest, but you know they can't get in trouble for it. Um, but yeah, this time, no, these are the actual character designs, and we see these designs over and over and over again, just in the first three episodes. It's so true. So, it's it's really, really fun. 
just seen this stuff come out. And we also see them referencing other shows that Square Enix has helped produce in the past. So we'll go ahead and get to that. We will. All right, so how does that exact scene wrap up? Doesn't, uh, doesn't our main character just sort of yell at them for... No, no they, were, they ended up being in his room. Mm-hmm. And... He's like, what is going on here? Battle Max Fantasy? And the other person's like, how come you're the main character? How come that's the problem you're having? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the the blonde guy who ended up being, like, the friend with the rapier instead of the main character complains to, um... I should just use their names, not their hair colors. Um... Hidenori's the blonde guy? Hidenori is the brunette. Yoshitaka's the blonde. Yoshitaka, Yoshitaka is the complains and says, how come you're the main character? And it's, uh, Hidenori, yes. uh, who is dressed up as the main character in Dragon Quest, and that's what he's complaining about. How come you're the main character? That's not the issue! <laughs> and then it goes into the opening credits. Yep. Well, and they say, no, no, this is not an adventure anime. This is a slice-of-life anime. And they're just like, what? That's lame. And it goes into the opening credits. So, yeah. Yeah, so that's how the show starts. That's fantastic. Um, and we just get that throughout the entire first three episodes. Just little mini arcs here and there. Um, like, uh, let's go ahead and you have a note here. Uh, yes, for they, they decide to go ahead and have some fun. and um, So they're, they start having a discussion about the sort of things that... What, what can I do as a high school boy to get a girlfriend? What can I do to get a girlfriend? And so mm-hmm. they start talking and start role-playing. Uh, and just doing these ridiculous scenarios. And ultimately, the, the, the role-play ends with... And, and that's exactly what you need to do to get a girl. But we, are, we go to an all-boys high school, so you'll never meet one. Mm-hmm. But then they decide to go ahead, just, like, yes. he uh, not he didn't know um, Tarakumi gets upset at them and tells them to leave. Mm-hmm. And then just as they're about to leave, uh, he didn't know just says, uh, what's the deal with skirts? Yeah. You know? And they just go off and start rambling about skirts and stuff. And uh, Tadakuni is, again, he's kind of the straight man of the situation. He's just like, no, get out, just go. Why are we talking about this? Go away. Um, And then they decided that um, they decided they wanted to try on skirts. Mm. And so one of them goes to uh, Tadakuni. I can't remember the names. Uh, Tadakuni's younger sister's room. And I actually looked it up. We never learned the younger sister's name. She's always just Tadakuni's younger sister. It's true. They call her that in the mm-hmm. episode. Mm-hmm. Like, and she, we never see her eyes. Ever. She always just looks menacing. It's true. But she's... Um, so they go to her younger... His younger sister's room. Grab three skirts. And they all agree to go ahead and try them on. And then uh, they all come out after having put them on. And really it's just Tadakuni who's wearing the skirt. Yeah, they, they've all decided to try them on and then come back in at the same time. And he's the only one wearing the skirt. And so he picks up a chair and starts swinging at it. Die! Die! Because <laughs> he's just so pissed at his friends for tricking him into this. Yeah, no. Now, now, before that, what, what, what led up to that scene is he's sitting there. He's got the... Um, he's handing out the skirts. And then he does a transmutation circle and put, claps his hands together. Mm-hmm. And when he pulls them apart... Suddenly, there between his fingers, uh, well, you see something there because he's got some pink thing around his finger. A little pink thing around his finger. He pulls it apart, and there's a pair of girls' panties. Yeah, so he, he does the Edward Elric clap and pulls out a pair of panties. And there's like, did you just transmute that, really? And I followed the rule of equivalent exchange. I left a pair of my own in there. That makes it worse. That makes it worse. Why would you do that? <laughs> Why? 
And that's what I'm talking about, about the awkward humor being, why? Mm-hmm. Why are you going this far? Well, yep. well, it turns out the boys start complimenting our protagonist, Tadakuni. I don't really know if he's a protagonist because he seems, it seems to just rotate around the three boys. It does. Mm-hmm. It does. But uh, he seemed to be the primary focus. For episode one, I would agree. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... Uh, they start complimenting him how good he looks wearing a skirt. Now, you could make serious money doing that. That's not what I meant. That's not what I meant. Mm-hmm. And, well, then, and then they start talking him into doing these... These poses. And they have him try on more of his sister's clothes and stuff like that. And then the sister walks in. The sister hears them. She comes home from school carrying what looks like a lacrosse racket. Mm-hmm. Um, hears them... Uh, saying weird things from his bedroom and they open the door and he's there topless wearing one of her pink bras and one of her skirts and they see her and they freeze and she walks we in and this says, beautiful beautiful pencil sketch of them all just terrified of her and she walks in and says no continue and she's like no continue yeah and that's where the episode that's where that little episode ends and just like uh you never see what she does to them you just kind of from their reaction though you kind of get a glimpse and then you see stuff that she does to them later on oh yeah it's it's well established that she is not um forgiving no she is not forgiving no she is not anyways so after that we have a little mini episode of them sharing ghost stories and none of them are actually real ghost stories i mean i mean the blonde kid uh yoshitake um he shares a story about how he's been trying to pluck his uh hair from off of his from around his nipples but it takes forever and so he saw one day that his dad's uh razor was left out and then he just opens up his shirt and there's a bandage over his uh <laughs> his his left uh, breast so tell me and do nipples says, grow back and he just says so tell me do nipples grow back and they're just like just go to a doctor already Please, please subscribe to our uh, Patreon so you can see our physical reactions in the video that we're recording with us. It's worth your time. (laughs) Anyways, um, so then we get to um, Tadakuni's, to his ghost story. And he actually shares something that scares them. How about you? Okay, so so what he does... So okay, so what he does, he starts telling the story about a bunch of friends going to a party together and drinking non-alcoholic beverages. Like they, like they make a, a point to say these are high school kids. This is not alcohol. They're not committing any crimes here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're yeah, yeah. pre-framed to make that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the guys that they're with starts feeling unwell, and they take him to the bathroom, and then he vomits, and there in his vomit is a centipede. Suddenly, the two boys listening to him feel the need to go to the bathroom. Well, and he says, well, yeah, because you know that sometimes they just crawl into your mouth when you're sleeping. And they're just like, well, you have to go to the bathroom now. And they go to the bathroom, and there's the sister already puking in the toilet. Oh, she was listening in! And that's another thing we learned about the sister, is that she listens in on them. Perpetually. Um, and so she's in there vomiting, and all three of them are vomiting. And you just kind of, it cuts back to uh, Tadakuni. And he just says, uh, I, I feel really, really bad, but I don't know if I, how I can tell him that I made that up. 
Yeah, yeah so they, they, you, you hear their voices saying things like, oh, do you see a centipede? No, I don't. We should keep trying, though. <laughs> oh, I think I see some. No, that was some seaweed. No, no, oh. oh I think I see some in his sister's view. Mom, she's like, no, that's just some seaweed. Just like, oh. <laughs> so uh, gross. Why are there always carrots? <laughs> why are there always carrots? Okay, and then, um, that's kind of the end of the first episode. Yes. Um... And then, uh, beginning of the next episode is something that every single boy has done at some point in their life. Right. You find the perfect stick, and suddenly it's a sword and you're on an adventure. It's so true. <laughs> and so, they find a stick, and the, so, the uh, Tadakuni finds a stick, yes. and he picks it up, and the very next thing that happens... Uh, it's a uh, um, Hidenori has his umbrella, brings out his umbrella, and swings it down with the sword, and <laughs> Tadakuni blocks it by reflex, and then turns around and slashes him across the belly. It just instant, instant samurai move, mm-hmm. well played. It's like your mistake was sneaking up on me. Yeah. Uh, and uh, they get into a role playing game, just like. Uh, the the other guy, um, Yoshitake, he starts acting as like he starts acting as like the prompt commands and things like that. Yeah, yeah. Those are things like uh, Tadakuni has lost five hit points. Tadakuni has lost five hit points. Why do I keep losing hit points? You're holding, you haven't equipped the sword properly. Wait, I'm pointing right here. You didn't equip it properly. You mean I'm holding the sword upside down? And, <laughs> and so, and so it cuts to little clips of their imagination replacing the stick in his hand with an actual sword and his hands which is again the dragon quest sword just gushing blood because mm-hmm. he's holding the wrong side of the sword yeah. according to them yeah. even though it's a completely bland the stick, stick. The there's, stick there's, is just a stick there's nothing on it to say see what side is up what side is down but that's what they've decided yeah, they, they just arbitrarily decided mm-hmm. you're holding it wrong you lose five hit points you, you lose five hit points and then they come across and then um and then uh, Hidenori uh, becomes an NPC character by the name of Jack. Mm-hmm. Um, and they uh, they start walking towards this city. and um, Or they start walking and they run into a random encounter. And it's just uh, Yoshitake standing like in a pose just like a monster from the old Dragon Quest game. It's like, oh, what should you do? Uh, uh, just ignore him and keep going. And they just walk past him. And they run into... The mini boss of the dungeon, who turns out to be one of the three overlords trying to conquer the world and stuff yep. like that. Um, and then, um, and it's, just, and it's just the three of them playing over. It's just the three game. of them playing, and they, uh, and they, um, and then they suddenly realize that two of them left their backpacks at school. I think it was just one of them, but he he forgot his bag, or more than one, doesn't matter. But um, they forgot, um, it was Yoshitaka and said, I forgot my bag. I'm like, oh crap. And so they all run back to school and Tadakuni drops the sword, stick, the yeah. stick on the ground because yeah, they're done playing with it and he just goes on. Well, the school Yankee or the class Yankee, uh, tough guy, uh-huh. you know, um, he, uh, he and two of his friends find the stick and he picks it up. Yes. And they instantly start doing the same thing. Where they start the, pretending this the sword. The moment it's in their hands. The moment it's in their hands, they start pretending it's a sword, and they're about to go into this battle and stuff like that. And then a cute girl walks by on the phone, just chatting with her friend on the phone, and she keeps going. Yeah, and now, then now, they're... Now, let, let, let's, um, she's holding it out in front of her as if she's texting with her oh, friend. Oh, texting with her friend. It, mm-hmm. it's, not, it's not to her ear. It looks like she might have taken a photograph of them, but based on how she was holding it, mm-hmm. but it's not clear whether she did or didn't. Mm-hmm. 
but they're all frozen in place as she's walking by like that. Mm-hmm. And then when she leaves... When she leaves, they drop the stick and walk away being super embarrassed because it doesn't matter how old you are, your, your boy's going to play with a stick, but depending on that, if you're that age in life, you're going to be embarrassed by it or not. Yeah. So they were super embarrassed by and it. They, they, just, they drop mm-hmm. the stick, their faces are mm-hmm. flushed, and they walk away mm-hmm. passively. And they walk away passively. Um, but they... Um, so that's when that happens, and then they start learning a bit. In the next episode, um, well, mini episode, mm-hmm. um, they learn about the seventy-hour fast because they start learning some stuff about the school and like reading about in the school pamphlet because the three boys don't want to participate in this cleanup, which is like, you know, a big community event every year. And then um, one of the he's he's one of the Yankees' close friends, but he's also their friend. I didn't write down his name, but he wears a baseball hat and it kind of shades his eyes. Yes. But it yes. shades his eyes, but he's, his eyes are still drawn in, so it's a kind of a weird look. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's a tough guy that gets picked on a lot. Like, it's true. he gets picked on a ton. Um, but anyways, they... Um, they all go to the principal's office because while they're going through this pamphlet, they're just like, wait a minute, what's this 70-hour fast? So, so they, they go to the principal. They go to talk to the principal, and they ask, what is, what's the deal with the 70-hour fast? Do we really have to do it? And the principal turns his back on them and immediately thinks, I've only been here for three years. I don't know anything about this. I don't know anything about the tradition behind it. But these boys need an answer, so I'm going to come up with something. 1984. Yes. yes. 1984. It was 1984. And then he goes pontificating and BSing these kids for a solid two, three minutes as he comes up with this reason that in order to save the school from some uh, city council decision, a they were They were started. low on, they had few students and so they weren't bringing in any money so they were going to be closing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, to save, the, uh, to save the school, they had a 70-hour sit-in and... Um, where they uh, they had a fasting protest or something to make things come together, and so the, these boys uh, and so you don't actually have to participate in the fast, but just hold in your heart the knowledge that these people suffered for you mm-hmm. and this lo- and love them and love this school. Oh, and then the kid with the hat. Uh, I actually did write down his name because I did figure he might be important. Uh, uh, Karasawa. Karasawa. Karasawa pipes up. This school wasn't founded until 1989. Yeah, he's reading. He's reading through the pamphlet as, um, as uh, he's uh, you know, as the principal is giving them this story. And after the principal finishes, and the boys are just like, "Man, that's such a deep story. I had no idea it had such a deep, meaningful connection to the school." Yeah, I have a lot of respect for it now. And he's just like, um, "The school wasn't founded until 1989." You know. And then the pratfall, which is a standard anime trope, is also highlighted because all three, the principal and the three students hit their heads on the principal's desk on the way down. Mm-hmm. Boom! Up! <laughs> yep. They, they, they took the pratfall and added an extra injury to it. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Um, so, and then we get, uh, after that, you know, there's a couple other short episodes. We're, we're, not, we're not going through all the short episodes just because there's a lot to cover uh, in the first three things. Um, but um, at the... After that, we get to the first time we see the closing credits. Okay. Because they didn't have the official closing credits for the first episode. Why yeah, you don't do that? Now, what happened in the first episode that was different, and we got kind of glossed over it, is there was a scene where um, 
Hidenore was sitting on the hill trying to read a book, but it was too windy and it was completely oh, impossible to read the book. Was that in the first episode? That was the first episode, because that was in the ending credits of the first episode. Oh, that's right, you got it written down here. I, it's okay. I apologize. It's okay. That girl, she, oh man, that was a great scene. Okay, so, so he's sitting there, and he decides he's going to leave. When suddenly a girl comes yeah, he, down. He's laying, up, he's laying down trying to read this book, and the wind just keeps blowing. He's just like, this is a terrible idea I have. I'm just, just going to go. And it's, um, it's, uh, he didn't know he who's yeah. laying there reading. Yes, mm-hmm. it is. And, um, so what happens is, uh, this girl comes by and sits down beside him. Or, where she's about five feet up and to the left of him. Which is still really close, comparatively speaking, because there's the entirety of the hill to sit mm-hmm. on, and she chose to sit by him. Yeah. And so now he's, so his mind starts racing Oh my goodness! Yeah. Why? And why is she sitting here? It, I need to say something cool. This is my chance to flirt with a girl, and and, and he's taking it way too seriously. And mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so he thinks really really hard about what he could possibly say, and then he says something about the wind, mm-hmm. and he says oh, and then he starts beating himself up, thinking how dorky that was. But he glances back, and she's loving it. She's mm-hmm. like, perfect. That this guy's saying this. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what? Like, that was cool? I don't get it. What? Why was that cool? Why did she like that? Why is she so happy? And, and, and then, and so then he decides he needs rescuing, so he texts the other two guys. Mm-hmm. He, he texts... Well, uh, she says his, something back, and he's just like, he has no idea how to respond to it. She says something else about the wind. Yes. Uh, that's like kind of poetic and deep crap and stuff like that. And so he's just like, I need help. And without making, without her realizing that he's pulled out his phone and he's hiding it down by him, and he texts his friends, kind of an SOS, come save me. Yes. And the first one to show up is the blonde Yoshitaki, mm-hmm. and he says something ep- epically, epically terrible. Just terrible. about the, he's like he's uh, he says something about the <laughs> wind again. No, no, he says something about you must come with us. The wind has blown in something wicked. Oh yeah, yeah, the wind has blown in something wicked, and she's loving it even and more. And she's just like, mm, this is amazing, and. Uh, <laughs> so she's loving it even more. And just like, you idiot, I was trying to use you to get out of here. And, and then he realizes what's happening. Uh-huh. And then that's when Tadakuni shows up. Tadakuni shows up. And shouts, you gotta come with me, shrimp is on sale at the... I think he says fries. He says, fries are half off down... That's a printer. Yeah, fries are half off. better space just so I can use my arms more freely. Um, but he's like, fries are half off down there. And she leaps at him and smacks him across the face with her with her briefcase, her, her school case. Like, why? And he's like, why? Why did you hit me? And like, she keeps beating up on him, and like something's falling out of her her bag. But at first, uh, Hide um, uh, Nori is just like, you idiot! Why didn't you read the situation? Oh wait, maybe he did read the situation, and that's why he said something stupid. <laughs> or that's why he said that to completely change the. Uh, change the situation um and uh, they find this pack of papers and um it's a draft it turns out it's a draft of a novel yes now in 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 japan and this is just common is that that they'll have uh papers specifically for writing so in america we just have your your blue line paper Mm -hmm. there they seem to have these boxes that you would write your characters into Mm -hmm. and uh, and they're spaced in such a way so you could plan your boxes accordingly yeah Mm -hmm. um they do that a lot um, for drafting and, and whatnot. Um, but yeah, and they start reading so through it, and she sees them reading through it, and she gets super embarrassed. 
and they realize that this is the draft of a novel she's been working on about um, uh, a girl meeting a guy um, on a hill. On a hill, who has power over who the has wind. power over the wind. Um, but there's one huge difference, uh, and then he realizes that he was, and he realizes that he was being used by her as inspiration as inspiration for this story. And he, uh, <laughs> and what it, hurts him the most? <laughs> what hurts him the most is that the guy, the main character in the book, or the boy in the book that the girl meets, is a massive, massive otaku. Yeah, like the physical description describes a very lonely otaku. Uh huh. It's like, well, why did you think I fit this description? It's like, well, you kind of do. <laughs> And yeah. so he's, he, and he's, so he's, he's, he's got tears, and so the, the, the last shot of that episode, he's got tears coming down his face from behind his glasses, and he's clutching her manuscripts dramatically, and she's over there crying because he's clutching her manuscripts. Well, she's also super embarrassed. I mean, let's, the Japanese people are fairly shy. It takes a lot to let somebody in, and as a writer, it's a lot of work to put something down on paper. It's a lot of work. You're like putting your heart and soul into something. Mm -hmm. So that's hugely embarrassing for a Japanese person if, if your work is just suddenly out there. So not only is your work out there, but it's real, but she was using this guy's inspiration for this work. So she's incredibly embarrassed by this. Yes, yes, she is. And so the episode, the end credits of episode one are different from the rest of the series mm -hmm. because they decided to do some sort of, you know artsy fartsy homage to the scene that she was writing and mm -hmm. it was like her point of view with with a, mm -hmm. a, a halo effect around mm -hmm. the screen of just um your standard uh shoujo uh shoujo tropes is an s that's not right is it? i don't know like what was it monthly like uh monthly girls nozaki yeah no it's the girl uh the girl's manga Stuff where you just have these frames of flowers or okay, flowers. yeah, so yeah. That's what I'm talking about. The, the frame around the, uh, the yeah. scene. We have to learn the water. We'll if we're gonna keep doing the show, we're gonna have to actually learn those terms. We can't just say you know the the, the, the flower boxy the, the, thing. Yeah, the thing, thing that, yeah. yeah, the flower frame. The flower frame. The flower boxy thing. Uh, um. Anyways, um. So, so that's the closing credits for the first, first one. Episode. Second episode closing credits are the permanent closing credits for each episode so far, and it's them putting on a play during the school festival. And it's just this massive, massive, you know, celebration of manga and, the, and video games in the worst way. The main character, again, well, the three main characters aren't even the main characters in the play. They're like the side characters or like the thugs that get beat up by the hero in the play. Yes. Um, but we see um, there's a, like, uh, one of the guys is dressed up like Vegeta. Someone else is dressed up, uh, the main, uh, like, the hero of the play is getting dressed up as the hero from Dragon Quest. Um, um, the the girl who um, helps run the pizzeria is dressed up like the uh, the ninja maid from. I'll have to watch it because I missed that. Yeah, she's she's <laughs> up there sitting next to Vegeta. She's only in a shot or two. Okay. Oh yeah, no, 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 it's no, just we, so uh, crammed full of references. You just gotta watch it. Over we skipped that bit just because that was a smaller uh, part of the episode. But yeah, it turns no, out uh, talk, yeah we have another character. Um, just short Tadakuni, he works at a pizza place and gets in trouble with, with the boss because um, she's kind of older and frumpy. And, uh, yeah, he gets in trouble because he's a, he's a high school boy. Anyways, um, he, um, so yeah, so it's just this play that they put on. And then after that, they start showing 
bits of other things, like little side stories and stuff. Um, like they've got the princess uh, and her three butlers. Yeah. Which. Why? I busted a gut at that. Simply because it was. So there's this girl who's refusing to go to school, and she's obviously this high class woman. She's a princess. She, they call her a princess. I don't know if she's actually a princess. Um, maybe she's just that personality type where she's a bratty rich girl. Oh, boy. Um, but there's three butlers telling her that she needs to go to school. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of them are saying, you have to go to school, you have to go to school. And she's like, no, I don't want to. I don't want to. I'm going to stay home. I'm going to stay home uh, from school today. I'm allowed to do that every once in a while. And then one of the butlers keeps saying things like, well, if you keep shouting like that, your fake tooth is going to come out. <laughs> and uh, she's like, shut up about that. My tooth's going to be just, my fake tooth is going to be just fine. Um... <laughs> Now, you three give me an excuse for why I can't go to school. And they give her, like, the worst excuses. They're you have, terrible. You have a cold. I'll be found out. You have a cold. Your dog died. I would be mocked if people who learned that that's the reason that I stayed home from school. Your, your, fake, tooth, your fake tooth fell out. Would you stop it with the fake tooth thing? And then, uh... And ultimately... She, she keeps, you know, she keeps shouting at them for these terrible, terrible excuses. And finally, her fake tooth does fall out. And the butler, and this is what got me to laugh so hard, because the butler picks it up, like he puts on his white glove and he picks up the tooth, and he starts chasing around the yeah, other the two butler. butlers with the tooth. It's the most immature thing you've ever seen. It's like, it's like, he's yeah. an adult male. He's an adult male, but it's like, you know, when you, when you find the bug and you're like, you know, creeping out the girls in the playground with it, you're chasing around, you're having so much fun doing it. That's what they're doing with her tooth. Yes. And she starts crying, she says, Fine, I'm going to school. I'm just get away from you guys. Find me some glue or something. Find me some glue. <laughs> and she leaves. And I had to pause it. I was laughing so hard. Just I was not expecting those three butlers to be chasing each other around with this tooth. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is so good. Ah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I had to pause it and catch my breath before I started episode three. That was just. To me, that was comic gold. I wasn't expecting that in the slightest. Oh, no. No. And then episode three starts, and in episode three, it's summer break. Mm-hmm. Okay? And they actually point out, they're like, wait a minute, this is a, this is a slice of life, life high school anime. Those usually start either with, you know, a transfer student coming in, or the beginning of the school year, or spring, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Why are ours starting in summer? And why are you guys always spending your day-to-day life? Oh, why are you guys always in my bedroom, you know? And then they just kind of point out and say, oh, wait a minute. So basically you're saying that it wouldn't matter when they started because our life is just hanging out in your bedroom. And he says, yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. That's our life. <laughs> and so, and so they try to go on a quest to do something with their lives. And, oh, what did they decide to do? Um, oh, well, that, that episode is when they go on, uh, they get some of the guys over and they start talking about what they want to do for summer. Yeah, and they all come in their school uniforms. They all come in their school uniforms, which they point out and they're in the middle of summer break and they're still in their school uniforms. Um, and they, and uh, Hide Nori, um, I got his name right, Hide Nori is in charge. And he says stuff, and he's, like, planning things out. And they're all like, who the crap made you in charge? And it's 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 the Yankee, the, like, the, th- the school thug. Uh-huh. Who's a good guy? He just comes across as a Yankee. Uh-huh. Um, 
And I keep saying Yonki just because there isn't really an English word to describe. Like, uh, yeah, it's just one of those things. But he, um, he, uh, him and some of his friends are in there as well as so they're trying to make plans for summer. And they get upset at Hidenori. Mm-hmm. And finally they're just like, look, how about we just call Karasawa and have him come over? Yeah, I'm talking about Karasawa being in charge, you know? Right. And so he comes over and they start talking and stuff like that. And he's like, well, we should probably, you know, pick up girls and like find, try to find girlfriends and stuff like that. And then the sister comes in, coming off, coming home or something from, um, from a cross practice or something like yeah, that. Again, and she comes up and they all say, oh, hey, hey, sorry to bother you, um, but uh, out of any one of us, if you had to date one of us, who would it be? And she just says, and she just says, uh, Karasawa. Like, and all of them get pissed at Karasawa and she's like, ha I win! Come over here and sit on my lap! And she's just like, what? <laughs> it was a joke, it was a joke, it was a joke, it was a joke, it was a joke! And so she comes over and she does the, uh, she does the, the gripping of the hands. Yeah, and so they're, they're, like, she's gripping his hands. She's like, I was kidding, I was kidding, it was just a joke. And, and so while she's busy fighting with him, Hirenori uh, takes over once again. He's like, well, who made you in charge? What, how about we just go to the beach? And so they end up going to the beach and stuff. Um, and yeah. they try to pick up girls, and they fail at it. They're terrible at it. But um, Hirenori realizes that all the girls are eating either yakisoba or soba or ramen or something. Yeah, there's a, there's a big noodle shop, and there's a whole mm-hmm. list of uh, noodle types that goes from uh, soba to ramen to mm-hmm. spaghetti. Even spaghetti's listed. Mm-hmm. And there's these, there's these girls just walking around with chopsticks and noodles. Eating noodles and stuff like that. And they just t- t- tend to go in pairs, where one girl's eating and the other girls just hang along with her. Mm-hmm. And so, and these boys are trying to hit on them, and they're getting rejected left and right. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Hirinori realizes something, and I had to pause it again because it just felt so painful, because he's drinking a Coke or something. Yes. And then when he realizes it, the Coke explodes through his nose, and I just thought about how painful that would be. Yeah. And I was like, no, I don't, no, please. It's bad enough when I've had milk shoot through my nose, that hurts. I do not want Coca-Cola going through my nose. Oh, the carbonation. That would kill me. Um, but anyways, he, um, he, um, the thug then comes up and says, what's going on? Like, why did, why did you, like, what, what happened? He's like, no, no, I, I, I can't say it. I, it. It's bad. I can't say it. He's like, no, 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 tell, tell me what's going on. And he just says, look, you promise you won't get mad at me if I say it. And he's like, yeah, no, no, it's fine. And he just looks at him and just says, uh, all these girls are noodle eaters. And he just gets punched right in the face by the Yankee. And he's like, to the point where, you know, nosebleed because yeah. of the punch. Um, nosebleed and, and knocked right back. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I had to look that up because I was just like, he says men cooey. Because, uh, which, you know, men is like raw men. Men is referring to the noodles. Um, and and cooey is like eating. So it's noodle eating. And I was like, that's got to mean something else. And so I looked it up, and I could be wrong about this, but according to the Japanese dictionary that I've got on my phone, men kui also means attracted by physical looks only. <laughs> so it's a visual gag the entire mini arc where all these girls are eating noodles as they're walking around the beach, and it's, it's showing that these girls are men kui. They only care about looks. <laughs> So by showing them that they are noodle eaters, men kui, it's like it's like we watched on Friday with the with the um, kininata. 
Oh, yes. Uh, on when she turned into a tree. In Japanese, the phrase kininaru means, you know, I've become interested. You know, ki meaning like energy, and then ninaru to become like, oh, I've become interested in what you're talking about, kininata, you know? Yeah. Please tell me more, you know? And um, one of them just says, oh, kinina, oh, are you interested? Ah, kinina, uh, kininaru. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's great. And then uh, she turns into a tree. Kininaru also means, ki means tree, and ninaru means become, so it also means turn into a tree. So... Some of those jokes, some of those jokes. As much as I love anime, a lot of those jokes just don't work being translated into English. It's true. So yeah, yeah. I'm glad that I've got a decent enough uh, knowledge of the Japanese language where I'm able to get those jokes and explain it to other people. Um, but yeah, so that that entire thing is just a visual gag of them being attracted to looks only. Okay. So, okay. Anyways, um, that episode we also see um, the brothers, or not the brothers, the three boys. Um, get attacked by the sister because the sister is accusing them of stealing her underwear. Um, and and this is a this is an episode from uh, Yoshitake's perspective. Yes. And he's just like um and he looks down like just like out of the like they, they swear up and down. They swear up and down that they are innocent, that they are not involved in the stealing of her underwear. Despite the fact that she says she's going to kill them, and then if they're not going to, if she's not going to let them kill them, go die themselves anyway. Uh-huh. And, and she just says it in a way that's translated, like, "How many times do you want us to die?" Uh huh. Um, but they swear up and down that they're innocent and they will find the culprits. Mm-hmm. And so, but when they promise to find the culprits, he looks over and what's the guy with the uh, glasses? Hiyanori. is wearing a bra beneath his white T-shirt. His white dress shirt, and he sees that, and so they're sitting there behind the bushes, by the uh, the clothes. They have a circular clothing rack where her. Uh, they, they 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 have the, they have the clothing lines, and then in Japan, I actually use this several times. It's, it's great. Um, they've got a hanger you can hang on the clothing line that's got multiple little hooks on it. Okay. And you know, people use that to dry out their underwear. I use it to dry out my socks and things like that. Okay. Um, where because they don't have dryers in Japan, mm. at least um, if they do, they're not very cheap. So, and Japan's got such a great climate that a lot of people just, you know, after they wash their clothing, they just hang out to dry. Oh, so sun-dried clothes are actually really good for you, too. They, uh, sun naturally is a disinfector. Oh, neat. But yeah, no, it worked. Uh, and so they're out there hiding behind the bushes waiting for a culprit where uh, Yoshitake knows full well who the culprit is. Mm-hmm. And he's just thinking to himself, oh, this is terrible. Like, I know, uh, I know who it is. I gotta let him know. I gotta let him know. I gotta talk to, uh, I gotta talk to Tadakumi mm-hmm. and let him know that, that uh, Nori is stealing his sister's underwear. And he's about to tell him and he looks down and uh, Tadakumi is wearing another of his sister's bras underneath his shirt. And he's just like, these guys are horrible. And then he's about to turn them in. Uh, yeah, he goes and stands at the same beach, where, at the same uh, riverfront uh, yeah, area. It's, it, yeah, canal. It, yeah, it's a canal-like area. You see that a lot in, in anime, set in cities and stuff, yeah. set in the countryside. Um, and so he's standing on the hillside of the canal at sunset try, and contemplating what to do. Do I become, am, am I a good friend if I turn them in and help them get back on the right way? No. The, uh, Real fast, yeah. that's what a good friend would have done. Yes, yes, it a is. A good friend would have said, you guys are terrible, I'm turning you in. Okay? That's what a good friend does when he sees his friends doing something horrible like that. All right? Now, a best friend... 
a best friend joins you in your crime. (laughs) (laughs) And so he decides the best thing to do is to go ahead and steal some underwear Because they're best friends. And he's going to go ahead and join in. uh, And so he goes and he grabs a pair of her panties and he puts them over his head. Like a crown. And he's saying that now I'm with you guys on this. And as soon as he says that to himself... The wind, the the paper door to the inside of the house gets thrown open, and they're just like, "Ha ha! It was you!" And he's just like, "How dare you?" Because he knows that they're doing it too. Yeah, and so they grab him and they call out to the sister and said, "We know who it is. Uh, it's uh, it's Yoshitake. We caught him red-handed." So they're holding his arm. They're holding his arms as the sister comes out, and he's just monologuing to himself about how we're all in this together. Yeah. And she does this flying leap. She kill. jumps up like 30 feet in the air and then just dives down on him, smacks him right in the chest, which knocks him up into the air as well. And as he's flying, he says, by the way, they stole your pa- they stole your underwear too. And then it's like, what? No! <laughs> we then, it's just a mutual throwing each other under the bus. Mm-hmm. Mutual throwing each other under the bus. And we get a couple of other side stories and stuff like that we've skipped over. Yeah. Um, there's, like, I think it's in episode two. We meet, we go in, we see the girl at the river. And this time it's the Yankee, the, the thug who goes up and says something cool out the wind to her. And she and she responds back again. She's super happy about it. He doesn't know why. And he's like, mm. and like he kind of stoically turns around and walks away. And as soon as he's away from her, he hides his face behind his hands, being super embarrassed, saying like, I thought she was somebody else. And then like right after that, his older sister walks by and she's got the exact same get up as the girl on the on the hill. Oh, yes. So yeah. We meet his sister, and his sister picks on, pick on him and stuff like that. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, and then we got the same closing credits mm-hmm. um, from episode two, and then we meet the three girls. Yes. Um, I didn't write down any of their names. Um, I don't know how important they'll be in the future mm-hmm. of this show. I think, I don't know if they're just uh-huh. a throwaway gag, or if they're just going to come back to them every once in a while. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, I from what I looked up online about them, they, it's a side story, so I think they're going to be showing up every once in a while. Okay. And like they're also in the closing credits, they're watching the play, so yes, I thought they're they I thought they're related to the, yes, to the play somehow. Um, but these three girls are pretty much the exact same, but the female type, and they actually get upset about how the story revolves around the three boys who wants to watch three boys in their daily lives. That's a terrible idea. Yes. Um, so yeah, it's just that's just a funny little side story. There's one thing I forgot that I really really wanted to talk about though, um, the summer vacation montage where they decide to go ahead and live live their life to the fullest during these summer days. And so they do the typical summer things. They go to the beach. They go to the pool. They hang out. You know, um, they get food together. Um, they go to a fireworks festival um, mm-hmm. and just have a great time. And then um, after the montage ends, we cut to. Uh, we cut to uh, Hidenori, and he answers the phone, and it's Tadakuni. And he says, oh, hey, hey, Tadakuni. Uh, what do we want? Oh, yeah, so what's the plan for today? What are we going to do today? And he's walking over to this po- to the calendar, and the calendar reads September. And then he realizes that today is September 4th, and freaks out. Summer vacation ends August 31st. They've missed the first week of school. They've missed the first week of school because they were still acting like it was summer. (laughs) 
is so good. Incredible. Absolutely um, incredible. Actually, one of my favorite bits we haven't even talked about was that um, uh, that scene where uh, Tatakuni is uh, on a subway, uh, is on a, a rail, staring at this, the back of this girl's neck. Oh, gosh. So you want to talk about that one real fast? It's just, it, it's slow and awkward, and it's worth the watch. I'm not going to talk too much Again, about it. I'm so glad they got the same guy who plays King Toki, because he's just so good at these awkward inner monologues. And that entire thing, like, he sees... We're going to go ahead and wrap this up here pretty soon. Yeah. But it, he just sees this girl on the train, and he thinks he's talking about this crush that he has on this girl. He sees her every day, and he never Completely has a Completely fixated and enamored. Completely fixated on her. He's looking at her the entire time. And the reason he's looking at her is because she's got a mole on her neck that's got this massive hair growing out of it. And it grosses him out. But he's too afraid to do anything about it. He's too afraid to talk to her. <laughs> There's even a scene where he's consulting a best friend at mid at sunset like what should i do about the situation like and he's there's just like, nothing good, there's nothing good you can do just let it go, let it go. and he's just like <sighs> so yeah but, but, and, and it's and that particular scene is shot like a kurosawa um artsy yeah yeah it's very very artistic so they have a lot of fun uh, with this show um so um yeah i mean Overall, I had a blast watching this show. Like, I love comedies. People who listen to the show probably know that. You and I both enjoy comedy a lot more. Mm-hmm. I mean, drama is great. Um, I'm a big fan of a well-paced drama as well. Um, that's been done really, really well. Like, we watched Erased. Um, oh, yeah. I haven't finished that yet. I heard that it kind of falls apart near the end. Um, but I, don't I, think so. I didn't think so. Okay, well, I haven't finished it, so I don't know. Um, but um, they. Uh, you know, I love a good comedy, and when I have to pause a show because I'm laughing so much, that's the best for me. So, okay. with the Daily Life of High School Boys, I had to do that twice in the first three episodes. <laughs> um, and I'm hoping, like, Hinamatsuri is one of the best shows this season. It's true. Um, and it's just got this really, really silly, silly humor behind it that I enjoy. I really enjoy it, but a lot of it isn't very much laugh out loud for me. I laugh a lot about it when we talk about it because it's really, really fun to talk about. Yes. But when I'm watching it, I, I laugh and I enjoy it, but it's not laugh out loud, oh my gosh, I have to catch my breath. The Daily Life High School Boys is. <laughs> All right? I have to pause it, otherwise I will miss it. Even mm-hmm. at the end of the episode, I will pause it just because I'm laughing so hard. Okay? Um, okay, so, yeah, no... Um, I, uh, I highly recommend this show. Highly recommend it. Alrighty. What about you? Do you recommend it or not? Um, I'll admit, I did enjoy it. I did enjoy it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think my, uh, I don't think I'm as enthusiastic about it as you are, to be honest. Okay. Um, again, I just, um, Awkward humor doesn't always do it for me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's different types of awkward humor, but there, theirs is a situational... Um, I remember being this awkward in high school, and mm-hmm. that's, that's really something I, rem- I, I, I like to get away from and not be reminded of. Oh, jeez, yeah. no, like, that's why I couldn't finish things, uh, Freaks and Geeks. Mm. You know, uh, I have friends who rave about that show, and when I was watching it, it was too close to home for me to finish. It was too realistic for me sure i mean this i'm able to separate myself from it because 
you know, maybe because it's animation, but also just because of the situations they find themselves in are, are so ridiculous. ridiculous. Mm. So I don't much find this one awkward humor. Um, um, yeah, no. So I, I, don't, I don't think this is okay. awkward at all. But yeah, no, I can see where you're coming from. Okay. Okay. Uh, so next week, how about we you let our listeners know what we're gonna be listening, we're gonna be watching for next week. Well, it turns out... You know, I've got words. They come out. Yes. So, I found out recently that um, that show that we've watched before, Is It Wrong to Try to Pick Up Girls in a Dungeon, mm-hmm. has a spin-off series on uh, Amazon Prime called Sword Oratoria. Is it wrong to try to pick up girls in a dungeon on the side? That's, that sounds terrible. Picking up side chick. <laughs> that's terrible oh man okay but no no if you, if you look at the it has the question mark after dungeon and then on the side it's like a sub <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So, mm-hmm. but anyway uh, the Amazon Prime synopsis reads uh, sword princess eyes Wallenstein and the Loki familia take to the dungeons below Oreo once more. This time, there may be more lurking in the shadows than mere monsters. Okay. We'll go ahead and give that a try. Okay. Okay, and uh, so that's it for three episodes in. Uh, next up is recommendation of the week, and what do you got? Uh, this week, I recommend uh, Princess Tutu. Um, so I've seen Princess Tutu all the way through, and it's got some very interesting uh, storytelling techniques throughout. Mm-hmm. It's about a duck who has a magical enchantment on her that can turn her into a girl who also can turn into Princess Tutu. Mm-hmm. But as a girl, her name is the Japanese word for duck. And if she quacks or gets wet, she turns back into a duck. <coughs> so there's some... There's some uh, comedy based on that, but what's happening is they're stuck in a storybook world where Drosselmeyer is this uh, uh, is this um, man who is supposed to be dead. Is this narrator character who's mm-hmm. who's playing God with their lives, uh-huh. and it's just this fantastic, interesting, well put together story. Well, I've seen it before. I watched it. It's fantastic. So. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, it's just great. So, and where can our, uh, where can our listeners watch it? Uh, right now it's streaming on Amazon Prime and we're going to go ahead and link to that in, uh, the, the, uh, the page for this, uh, episode okay. on our site, politicalweekly.com. Okay. Great. And I guess we're going to go ahead and move to our creator shout-out, Matt. This week it's your turn. And yes, this week it's my turn. Well, I was on, and I actually found this this picture on, on Know Your Meme, just because they've got a lot of fun pictures from Mind Your Academia. Uh-huh. And I was trying to find something to share with you. Um, yeah, the I other day you found me a meme that was um, uh, the girl, Froppy. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was trying to find something else, so that's why I'm trying to cross that picture. Okay. But there's a great piece of fan art with Froppy uh-huh. sitting on a log playing the banjo. That's the one. And um, yeah, I know. I, I cut you off there because I wanted to be the one to reveal because it's my favorite shout out this week. Fine. Um, I was actually trying to show you a different picture. There's a great picture of um, of um, Midoriya and uh, Ochako. 
um, okay. falling down in the sky together, uh-huh. like that scene from Spirited Away uh, oh. with uh, with the girl and the dragon yes. as in his boy form falling down in the sky together with their, with their foreheads touching. Yes. It was, it's a really cute picture, so I was trying to find that to share it with you. Um, but I came across this one while I was looking for that. Um, okay. And for those of you who don't know, um, one of my favorite movies, and I think one of your favorite movies growing up, is The Muppet Movie. Oh, yes. You know? Wonderful, wonderful, fun times. And it starts off with one of my favorite Muppet songs ever written, uh, The Rainbow Connection. And it's Kermit sitting on a log in a, in a swamp, playing the banjo, singing about, you know, uh, The Rainbow Connection. Yes. Um, how we're all connected through life, in life and stuff like that. Um, originally written by the amazing Paul Williams. Yep, written by Paul Williams. And that this image of Froppy being, you know, uh, with her quirk being based off of frogs. Yes. Um, it's very, very obvious, a homage to the Muppet movie. Yes. Um, and I found that picture and I just fell in love with it. It's just incredible. It is. Um, so I decided to go ahead and look this guy up. Um, unfortunately, Know Your Name doesn't always link to the creator. Um, so I just did a Google reverse search look for the image. And I came across him on DeviantArt. And on DeviantArt, the artist goes by Captain Osaka. Mm. Um, and uh, his, Nate, his name is Nate Maurer. You can follow him on Twitter. Uh, he also has a Tumblr, Nate Maurer, Nate uh, hyphen Maurer at tumblr.com. T- yes. uh, I've got words. Um, and um, and uh, we're going we're to go ahead and have those uh, links set up on the site yes we will and but go ahead and check out his stuff on Dean art he's got fantastic artwork that frothy picture is just the beginning so uh i want to go ahead and give him a shout out because i absolutely love that picture all right that picture all right i think that's it for this week that is it uh i don't have anything else to say um yeah neither do i um but let's go ahead and just say uh um we really, really appreciate you guys for listening. Um, we've got a Patreon, and if you like what we do, we'd very, very much appreciate it if you could support us on Patreon. Um, or if you can't, um, just go ahead and spread the word about this um, podcast. We're still getting things started. Uh, we very much appreciate feedback. You can leave feedback on YouTube, on our website, um, or you can go ahead and uh, send us tweets uh, just for some constructive feedback on what you think we can do to improve. Um, but yeah, that's kind of uh, that's kind of it for this week for me as well. All right. So I've been Lee. I've been Andrew. And this is Whitaker Weekly. Have a great week.